Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now, the Ben and Skin Show via uh, Windstar World Casino and Resort, our favorite casino on the planet. It is the best in the business. Brian brought us. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thank you, Windstar, for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, okay, let's dive right in here. Yeah. Uh, you, you wrote about how the Cowboys might go about trying to slow down Kamara. Yeah. It uh, seems to be one of the toughest challenges they'll face all season long. What do you think they could do? Uh, to try to be effective in that regard again this year? Yeah, Ben, I I think that where the Cowboys have to focus, and last year we saw that uh, they were able to play some dime package stuff and then bring Jordan Lewis into the game. And I think that they can still do that. They can still work with Jordan Lewis uh, on this, uh, these opportunities, it might be a little bit more difficult when he plays inside at running back now that he's a full-time running back to have to carry him because Kamara can run him through trash. He can run him through picks. He can run him through all kinds of things to kind of separate. When he's on the outside, you know, as a receiver, and, the, and Sean Payton will do that. He'll put him wide with an empty formation. It'll be a little bit easier. It gets a little bit of a one-on-one matchup and then – you know, that's where Jordan can hold up a, a really, really well because he's comfortable playing on the outside and playing that way where, you know, Kamara's a little bit like, you know, he's a running back playing wide receiver, but he's really good at it. So um, I think we'll see Jordan Lewis in there. I think you'll see some of the linebackers in there. I think you'll see Van Der Esch, Thomas, Lee, all those guys get an opportunity to have to carry him. If I'm the Cowboys, though, I've really come after Teddy Bridgewater in this game, though. I mean, Drew Brees is outstanding at carving you up when he faces blitzes. Teddy Bridgewater, I would test him a little bit, and I would make maybe Alvin Kamara have to stay in and maybe block a little bit. You know, sometimes you could get, if you create enough pressure, you could keep backs in and, and keep them from being out in the route. You know, Sean Payton realizes that, you know, if, if his line doesn't hold up well, that maybe he'll have to make some adjustments. You know, maybe he'll have to keep some tight ends in and stuff like that. But any way that you can handle Alvin Kamara, the Cowboys clearly have the weapons to do it or the players to do it. Uh, again, linebackers, Jordan Lewis, those seem to be the best bets right now. Let's flip that right quick because I, you know, I haven't watched closely enough to see, but I can see the stats that New Orleans has given up a bunch of big passing plays down yes. the field. Yeah. And Dak has been doing that in these first three games. So I look at that and go, okay, there's going to be success there. Why is New Orleans struggling uh, defending the ball down the field? Yeah, they've played uh, Deshaun Watson, and, you know, and then the second, uh-huh. and then they played uh, Jared Goff next, and then they turn right. around, and then they played. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, that, right, that, that right, that's right. kind of a, and, and I'm, I mean that in no disrespect to your question, because that's really, you know, you're, you're ta- the, this, I thought the Texans did a great job of attacking the Saints defensively, you know, and, and put the, the Saints on their heels. Then the Rams, you know, they lose, they lose Breeze during the game and all of a sudden Bridgewater can't match how the Rams were playing. That was a very tight game until all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the second half, then the Rams kind of built the lead, and then they started going after him. But, you know, the to me, the quarterback play has a lot to do with it. You know, Dak Prescott has been outstanding. You guys talk about it every day on the, on the station of how well he's played. 
And, you know, if, if in fact, it, uh, you know, that uh, Eli Apple doesn't hold up well enough, if Williams, the safety, doesn't hold up well enough, you know, they could have some problems. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like that that's really where the Cowboys are going to look at. They, I feel like they can run the ball in this game, too. The, the Rams and, the, and the, um, uh, the Texans had some success dealing with them on the read option stuff. They were able to run the read option, and the, the Saints really had problems with that. So I think running the football could be good, but I'll tell you what, you get protection – the middle of this field could be open for the Dallas Cowboys to throw uh, those routes, especially with a guy like Randall Cobb, the way he's able to work the middle of the field. Jason Witten, the way he's able to work the middle of the field. There will be some opportunities if they can hold up that protection. All right, so I, I love Marshawn Lattimore. I, I think yeah. he's one of the, the best in the league. I hear differing things on him, and, and I'm like, I'm not watching his film, but I, I just in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's one of the best corners in the league. Is he still that, and is he going to be a – you know, is he going to cause problems for the Cowboys on Sunday? Oh, no. Again, they've played three sets of receivers. <laughs> you know, they, these teams that they play, they've, they've dealt with some pretty talented receivers. And, you know, he's had his moments. Uh, you know, if you go back, though, and watch the game that was played last year here between the Cowboys and the Saints, it there were a couple of times where they tried to double move him, and it was with Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper's one of the best route runners in the league. And, you know, Lattimore was up to the task. There was a couple times he drove for some contested balls and was able uh, to make some plays and stuff. So, yeah, I still feel like that I wouldn't test that side of it as much. You know, I feel like that, you know, he's just, you know, he's one break up away from, uh, you know, getting an interception, tip ball, something like that, and, and kind of ruin your, your day. Uh, again, Eli Apple is the guy you really kind of want to go at because he's not the best of tacklers. You know, if you get the ball in his area, he tends to miss. He tends to have a problem bringing guys down. Where Lattimore, if he does get the, if you do get the catch on him, he's a little bit better as far as tackling and things like that. I still think he's a an outstanding cornerback. He's one of the top ten guys. You know, when it came to the all opponent team, when it came to the corners, he was one of my in my top ten right there because I just felt like that. You know, there's just so much. The speed, the quickness, the understanding, the ability to drive on the football. He, he's he got that ice water in his veins when it comes down to it. Now, some guys have taken him to task this year, but that's the life of a, of a guy in the cornerback in the National Football League. The way that these teams throw the football and the way these penalties and stuff are called, uh, you know, you have to be just almost perfect to play corner in this league. And, you know, if you can get your hands on a few balls or knock a few down, then you're still doing a pretty darn good job. Okay, let's translate that exact uh, breakdown there, Broadus, to Cheeto. Is Cheeto playing really, really well, and guys are just being perfect against yeah, him? What's I've your never, assessment of him? Yeah, I've never seen a guy that has the worst luck of him, the way he plays in position. And then people say, well, he doesn't get his eyes back around for the ball. And you, you got to know that Chris Richard will teach these guys. You watch Byron Jones will do the same thing. They don't always get their head around. I mean, uh, Chris will teach them to mirror the receiver, look at the receiver, and then when they see hands go up, they go up, or eyes go up, they go up with their hand, you know. And you see him knock down, you know, Byron Jones has done a really good job of that this year. But there's been some positions where Cheeto has been outstanding in coverage, and then again, the, you know, the ball uh, gets through to the receiver. Receiver high points the ball. Parker did a really nice job. He, that's kind of his game, a 50-50 game last week with the Dolphins, and you know, but uh, you know, Cheeto was able to rally back and, and made a nice play on Williams that in the in the end zone. You know, to rake the ball loose and rake it out of his hands and make it an incompletion when it could have been a touchdown. So yeah, I, I think Cheeto's playing well. The problem with Cheeto is again that that you know it's it's some guys are making some plays on him and you know he's just got to combat that a little bit better than what he's had. 
Hey, walk us through what a home field advantage it is uh, for the Saints there in New Orleans with that crazy crowd. How how much of yeah. an impact can that really have on the game? Yeah, when they played the crunk song, then you got to watch out. It's kind of like <laughs> the, it's kind of like when the Viking horn goes off in in Minnesota. Usually, your quarterback's laying dead on the field. So, yeah, that's you know, and that's kind of one of those things. Yeah, the Saints fans, the the Saints fans are 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 really into their team they really are they're they're a fan the base and again because i went to school in louisiana and i understand that fan base really well matter of fact i told sean payton this i said hey coach when you take this job make sure you go to every festival drink every beer with them slurp down every oyster you're going to have and they'll love you they'll you know they'll appreciate you <laughs> and again they love their players they love they are very passionate about their team their the history of their organization hasn't been great but sean has done a great job down there and you know those fans you know, they believe in that coach. They believe in their team. You know, they, they will fight you to the bitter damn end, uh, you know, uh, in a game. And, and they realize that they can be a factor in that game. And that, and that dome gets crazy loud. And, you know, if you give them reason to cheer, they will cheer. And they will be loud. And they'll be hard. Matter of fact, I was at practice today. I was with a group with DraftKings today. And I was watching practice. The music in, at, the, at, the, at the star here, Garrett had it on level 11. Seriously, I, I mean, I'm trying Whoa. to I'm trying to talk to these people and they can't hear a word I'm saying, you know, <laughs> and and it, but he realizes that he realizes that, you know, hey, good running game travels, good scoring team travels. You know, those are the things that you can kind of quiet a team down with if you can jump on them and and, and make some bad things happen for them. OK, so uh, I saw a good Tolo tweeting this out and it kind of piqued my interest, a guy named Kaywood that we like. Sure. But- he was talking about, okay, if Tampa keeps losing, what if we go and get Sue? Now, I'm not following Sue, so I don't know what he's currently doing, but it does remind me of the idea that that is kind of an Achilles heel early on, is going to be the interior of this Cowboys defense. Obviously, Malik Collins is balling, but what else is there and, and who could step up? If Crawford doesn't make it back with his hip injury, and I know we, we can play him inside and outside, do you feel confident about the interior of this defensive line holding up? Yeah, I watched the human log practice today running around with Britt Brown. He still has a, a knee sleeve on his leg on that knee, and but he was making good progress. You know, you need him back, and I'm talking about Antoine Woods. I'm sorry I used right. the old nickname there. I figured we'd all know who the, the human log is. Yeah, and that's so, a great nickname. So, you know, it, it, would, be, it would be nice that if, you know, they, they could get – you know, Christian Covington has not played badly. The start he got last week, I think, gives them a little bit more confidence that, you know, this guy can be a factor in the games. These defensive tackles, you know, it's 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 a tough, tough thing inside because, uh, you know, they might be doing their job. They might not be. You know, nobody really knows until you sit down and watch the tape, and then you're watching a guy. You know, you're watching these linebackers run into the football making tackles because Woods is holding up a guy or uh, Collins is holding up a guy. Now, they need to get – uh, they need to get Tristan Hill going in this game. You know, when Tristan Hill, and KT will tell you this, when Tristan Hill's pad level's down, he's a much better player. He can attack gaps and things like that. So they need to get that going. They need to get that rotation of those guys to where uh, they're affecting the middle of the pocket. Some of the best, uh, some of the sacks that they've made so far this year have been twist stunts and stuff like that where they've had the looping defensive tackle get home. So that just tells you right there, guys are capable of making plays. they just got to find a way to create a little bit more opportunity for them. You know, you played football at LSU. You are the crawfish whisperer. What, what are your favorite things about Louisiana? I, th- I think that, that the people just don't give a damn. I think that's one of my favorite. <laughs> you know, I mean, New Orleans is the city that's like, they throw, New Orleans throws the party. 
and like they're like, hey, throw up on a rug. Don't worry about it. We'll clean it up. It's all right, you know. <laughs> and you know, they're they're the buddy that's always handing you a red solo cup, and they're making sure you have something to eat. And you know, at the end of the night, you kind of you you kind of walk home, and you're in the next day you have brunch with somebody. And you're like, what happened last night? And they could tell you exactly <laughs> what happened. You know, I mean, that's the thing about. I, I just love the people of Louisiana. Uh, you know, I'm from Dallas, Texas myself, but I, I really, really, those people mean so much to me down there. And I, I, again, this is a difficult game for me because I'm very good friends with Sean Payton, you know, and I always want to see him have success. And but it's it's one of those things where, you know, for one week, you got to kind of suck it up. And, you know, it's the Dallas Cowboys and the Saints. But I, I do I do love the people in Louisiana down there. They mean a lot to me. I'll tell you what, man, I got a lot of regrets in this world, but one of the most prominent ones is that I'm sneaking in on 50 and I've not partied in New Orleans as near as much as I've had well, one party night yeah, in New Orleans. When you're ready for that, let me know, because my old roommate from LSU runs the Voodoo Festival. I know you're the, uh, the music <laughs> oh, aficionado. Oh, yes. Steve, uh, my buddy Steve Rahaj runs the, the Voodoo Festival down there. And, and one year Steve goes, hey, I want you to come introduce an act for me. And I said, who do you got? And he goes, Brian, I need you to introduce Duran Duran for me. And I go, that was my <laughs> That was my band from the '80s back in the day yeah. when we were in college. Yeah, I'm like you know, so I'm like, so wait a minute, you want me to introduce this band at the Voodoo Fest? He goes, Yeah, I want you. And I go, Man, I'm gonna check my schedule. We were playing like the friggin' somebody on, you know, where the Cowboys were playing that weekend, and I almost quit my job. I'm serious. I almost said, <laughs> you know what? I, I you never in life you get to go down there and, and, and be a part of the Voodoo <laughs> Festival and all that. But uh, good times. I'll tell you what, Skin. We we'll all we'll all make a trip down there and, and have some fun. Sounds like it is on. Hey, thanks for the time, Broadus. Have a good weekend. Appreciate you, boys. You take care. All right, there he goes. That's our dude right there, Brian Broadus. Best in the biz. Yep. Uh, read his stuff at DallasCowboys.com. All right, it's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Uh, got a like a late addition to the show that we're really excited about. At 140, before we, we mix with the G-Bag Nation, Hunter Pence will jump on. That's great. We'll be talking to him. Uh, coming up next, we'll get back into some of these Jerry Cuts and the biggest sports stories of the day right here on 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy Football Friday, everybody. It's the Ben and Skin Show coming to you live from Fat Daddy's in Mansfield. They got great pizzas out here, too. Uh, Meat Lovers Pizza, Buffalo Chicken, Chicken Alfredo. The food out here is phenomenal. Uh, Great food. TVs, as far as the eye can see, it's a great place to watch sports. And, boys, a great place to give out G-Bag Tolo Flags, which we ran out of almost immediately. We had 50 of them, and we lost them in short order. So if you plan on getting a G-Bag flag this Flagtober, uh, I mean, move with purpose because they are going, going, gone. Gone, gone, gone. Man, uh, you totally distracted me. I didn't realize they had delicious pizza here. I've been oh, yeah. making a mistake. Oh, yeah. They got really gotten me good a pizza. pizza today. Yeah. Dang it, Ben. There's still time. Dang oh, it. There's still overtime. Uh, so here's what we got coming up, a little Jerry Audio here. Hunter Pence, as, as, uh, as we told you, Hunter Pence will join us at 140. So our mix with the G-Bag Nation will be pushed back ever so slightly. We're looking forward to have Hunter Pence on our, our last chance to talk to him this season as the Rangers wrap things up and say goodbye to their stadium final series uh, against the Yankees and things end Sunday with that day game. And you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna miss that old... Uh... Man, I probably won't. 
Uh, I've had some great memories there for sure, sports-related memories. But I was thinking about this last week when we were having the conversation. Like, as a kid, my best sports memories were at Reunion Arena. And it wasn't even just the Mavs. I used to go to those. My dad used to let me skip school to go to the Southwest Conference basketball tournament games mm-hmm. on Thursday and Friday. I got so many amazing memories. And when they left and went to the AAC, it didn't really impact me. And I don't know why I didn't have the nostalgia for why. the building. I know why. Because it, it was your formative years. It was your youth when you were dreaming of all the possibilities. Like mm-hmm. for me, Arlington Stadium, I have a probably a deeper bond with that. Now, obviously, the better sports memories coming at the ballpark in Arlington. Right, right. But as a kid, you know, I think of the special time with my dad. And that's probably what you're going back to thinking of the special time with your dad, right? And, yeah. And that's why all those those moments meant so much. But I didn't miss that building, really. I mean, the AAC was so kick-ass. I was like, oh, this is better. Woohoo! Yeah, that's kind of the same for me. Uh, but I guess, yeah. I don't know. All I know is this. I'm not going to miss the heat. Like, I, I, I didn't even want to take my kids out to many games. Mm-hmm. Just because it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's child abuse. <laughs> it's not child abuse. It's I didn't just, say that out loud. Uh, I'm just saying it's not abuse. It's just you can't sit out there and so, bake in the sun and stay for the whole game. What I'm are you saying, seen, though? I've seen CPS uh, walk up and down those lines. No, that's not true. They're yeah, not, they no. always offer lemon chills and popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> lemon chills are delicious. <laughs> that's, those, that's not CPS. Popcorn! Uh, Those are concession folks. Hey, all I know is <laughs> sure. it, it was a it was a great park. It served its purpose, the best run in Texas Rangers history. Yes. And now we get air conditioning. Yes. So everybody wins. It's crescendoing yeah. up each each it's, day. It's, it's really getting better. It's really good. Uh okay, so we had Jerry Jones on the show earlier and want to get into this. He broke into a story. This is cut sixteen here, Ship. He broke into a story about uh, his father's store. And mm. do, you, do you remember how we got into this? Yeah, so the first line of questioning was getting into, uh, first you started talking about advice uh, for running a business, and then and he was talking about you know protecting a family, and then we segued into Jerry Jr.'s birthday weekend, right. and then it segued into the next step it was of like, this. What would your dad think of your success? Yes. And then he started telling the story about yes. his dad. So uh, his dad had a, uh, had a store, and uh, he was always looking for creative ways to, to be profitable, and he was willing to be edgy, I guess, for lack of better terms. But Jerry told a great story. I'll stop talking, and these are the words of Jerry himself. He was pretty uh, aggressive and controversial. I know that uh, uh, he had uh, uh, two large uh, stores that were called supermarkets in the grocery business. And they had a blue law in central Arkansas, and so you couldn't open on Sunday under the blue law. The only way you could open on Sunday is if you owned a business and your religion had you uh, go, uh, being religious on Saturday. And then Sunday was not your religious holiday, so you could open that business. So my father joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church and uh, closed his doors on Saturday and opened them on Sunday. And um, uh, that got quite a lot of attention at the time, but uh, it looked like the Super Bowl out there at these stores on Sunday. <laughs> Of course, right in the middle of that store was a big bandstand. Now, this was the 50s. And in that, on that bandstand, he'd have amateur talent shows. And he had live radio broadcasts coming out of the middle of that store. And people were sitting there buying groceries and doing everything you do in a store. But right in the middle of it was a big hoedown going on and some 16-year-old singing like he was Elvis Presley. 
<laughs> I'd be going on while you're buying your groceries. It was great. We lived above the store, and we loved, we loved it. Man, I can't. That's maybe my favorite thing he's ever said on the air. I love that for so many reasons on so many different levels. But if you want to know why Jerry is who he is, to in the state of Arkansas, which I would imagine is very conservative. Talking about the buckle of the, the Bible belt? The buckle of the Bible <laughs> belt to go, you know what? I believe we can have a business competitive advantage if we adopt this religion right over here. And I tell you what, let's double down and put the devil's music in the middle of the store on a freaking Sunday. And it's packed. Give the people what they want. Dude, I remember so well, Ben, when we were in when we were elementary school age and we had blue laws down here. And I can remember, I think we were seventh graders when the malls opened for the first time on Sundays. You damn millennials can't imagine this. But when we were teenagers, you couldn't go to the mall on Sunday until about you until we were like seventh or eighth graders because of those blue laws. Yeah. And so it's just I have such strong memories of all that. But the whole I think, man, to me, this is a movie. To be the guy in town that's willing to go, we're gonna call ourselves Seventh Day Adventists and <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna start celebrating. Uh, we're gonna worship on Saturday, guys, because we're gonna clean up on Sunday. And on the seventh day, the Lord gave us an Elvis impersonator. That's <laughs> so freaking great. I I was just floored by that story. That was spectacular. These interviews are a true treasure. Yes, I mean Jerry's a treasure, and being able to visit with him, uh, the fact that he takes that time. I want more time though. We need to petition Jerry's office to give us 30 minutes with him. Let's double down. We want 30 minutes with Jerry. It's all such gold. And, man, it's just fantastic to to get, uh, you know, insight, like business insight. And, like, for instance, here's cut number 11. We asked Jerry, okay, what, what advice would you have for somebody that had a family but was thinking about taking on risk and starting a business? Well, I think that uh, if I were going to uh, expose – uh, my base, my economic base, uh, to uh, uh, a element of things that are out of your control, the economy, uh, uh, the uh, uh, nature of your product or service that you're trying to, the volatility of it uh, in the marketplace. Uh, I would not do it unless I were putting all my time that I were committing my own sweat to it. Uh, sweat will uh, let you overcome things that aren't in your control. And you can just outwork it. Or you, can stay you can stay later. You can will it. And to me, if you're going to go and expose your family to anything inordinate, make sure you didn't do it with a, well, I'm going to do this part-time. You've got to be if You will figure out a way to overcome if that's what you're getting to do when you get up and when you go to bed and think about during the night. And so uh, I think that kind of, you can call it commitment, you can call it anything you want to go, but uh, uh, I'm a big believer that uh, uh, the fact that you've got some exposure to your family or to the people that you uh, love the most, uh, that alone will help you overcome. Uh, Sorry. Also, will, go ahead and stop it there, Shippy. Just... We could. Uh, that's that. I, I, we talked about this one already once, and it. I just. I'm. 
I just love this answer on so many levels. He's basically like, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna risk your family, I'm not telling you not to do it. Just make sure you do it in something where you are all in on. You're not just doing it on the side. Yeah. Okay. So let's take that back to what we know about Jerry. So when Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys, they were hemorrhaging money. They were a money pit. And some people thought he overpaid for them, and he basically mortgaged everything to do it. And if you've ever heard Stephen and Charlotte and Jerry Jr., you know, turning 50 this weekend, if you've ever heard them talk about that and how they had this family meeting, I believe they had it up because I think at the time Charlotte was going to Georgetown University, if I remember the story correctly, and they all had this family conversation, and Jerry saying – Everything's going to change, guys. We're going all in as a family on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm staking it all. And now look at not only what the Cowboys are, but what the entire NFL is. If you're, and if you just want some perspective, the current president of the United States destroyed Jerry Jones for buying the Cowboys for that amount at the time. Said it was a failing proposition. It, you, you think about it now in the current terms, you go, oh, my God, the NFL, that's a layup. How do I get in on it? Jay-Z's like, give me 1% of the Steelers. That's in. That's not what 1988 was. Not even close. The Cowboys were circling the financial drain. Uh and that was, I'm going all in. And you know what? It's not just every drop of sweat I have. It's every drop of sweat the Jones family has. We're all doing this together. Let's go and look at what they have built. I, and something else we learned today is that I didn't realize Jerry used to be known as Lil Pat. <laughs> I uh, like that. cut number 12 here, Shippy. Jerry uh, Jones talking about his son, Jerry Jr. It's his 50th birthday this weekend. They're going to be celebrating in Louisiana. But Jerry Jr. turns 50 and. Jerry used it as an opportunity to tell a story about Lil Pat. Well, first of all, I can't tell you how proud I am that uh, when somebody refers to him or he opens his mouth, he says, I'm Jerry Jones. Uh, (laughs) I've been asked, why was your second son your junior as opposed to your first? My daddy used to, uh, uh, I asked him why I wasn't a junior, and he said, because um, uh, all of the guys that had the named after their dad, they ended up with the nickname Junior. And I just didn't want you to be called Junior. Well, as it turns out, my father, who was not but 5'6", but strong, really strong, and very, very, uh, uh, if, if you will, driven. And uh, he was so well uh, thought of in his uh uh, the way he approached life and, and the way he it was a business, uh, that even after I was a Razorback in Arkansas and after I'd quit playing and I had uh, was recognized that way, if it were any in an area that knew my dad, I was known as Little Pat, not Jerry Jones, Little Pat. <laughs> and to this day, if I run into somebody of my dad's vintage and there are a few remaining, they call me Little Pat. <laughs> So uh, uh, that's how how strong it was, and I was proud of it too. And that's awesome. uh, so, uh, while uh, Jerry still had to suffer this little Jerry business, uh, that that'll make you want to show them that you're not little, that you do something on your own. Shout out to all our Houston Rat fans. Kind of a mixture of Project Pat and Little Flip. Yeah. It's Little Pat. And that's what Jerry was as a youngin. 
God, he went on uh, and uh, he said uh, about Jerry Jr. This is cut number 14. Uh, Jerry is talking about being a bully and not being a bully. This is a really interesting angle here, too. And uh, so it was an inspiration for me. But uh, I'm just, first of all, I'm proud that he's my son. Uh, he's, uh, it's, it's been rough. He, he's the one that's most like me. And so I think I've got him figured before he even turns his eyes toward me. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys know how that is. I have a dad that thinks that. I remember reading a father's prayer one time, and uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it basically said, don't let me be a bully uh, because I can be. And the reason is he loves me and will let me get away with it. So God, don't let me be a bully. And so um, uh, I do would like to say on his 50th birthday, I, I uh, hope I haven't pushed you around too much. Really, really exceptional stuff from Jerry. Always willing to share about his family, and uh, it is a tight, tight-knit family, very loyal to one another. And they are certainly excited about Jerry Jr.'s birthday. And I was exactly like my dad. One of my kids is exactly like me. So I can definitely relate to that. It's hard to get something over on your dad when your dad already knows every single play in your playbook because <laughs> it's also his playbook. <laughs> all right, coming up next, Hunter Pence joins us. Then we'll mix with the G-Bag Nation. That's all coming up next, live from Fat Daddy's in Mansfield. That's next on 105.3 The Fan. Guys, we got a cowboy update from John Mishota. Ah, crap. Ah, crap. crap. He's all over the map with these updates. But uh, sounds like Xavier Woods going to be good to go. That's big. That is big, especially – uh, you know, I was thinking about this, too. KT was talking about they're not going to be throwing it down the field that much. That's not what Teddy does. Allows your safety to really be a little more aggressive, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. And, uh, man, we're, our mix is going to be slightly delayed with the G-Bag Nation because we were really trying hard to get this guy on the show, and it happened. It just happened to be right now is the time to do it. Joining us now, the great Hunter Pence. How you doing, Hunter? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? Back. Back. All the way back. Let's go. Back. 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 All the way back. You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I do. Back that's right. Back. We go. enjoyed. Yeah, that's right. Hey, we enjoyed uh, hanging with you, getting to know you this season. Uh, we thank the world of you, man. And uh, we thought, man, we don't want you to get out of town with us getting you on at, at least one more time. And thank you for making the time to join us today. How would you describe your season, the season you personally just had? You know, uh, I'm not really one for labeling things um, all that much, but I will say that it's been tremendous experience for me personally, just getting to come back to my hometown, um, kind of, you know, I, I obviously changed everything with my swing and, and you know, kind of had a resurgence of, you know, success and, and, and learned a lot from this phenomenal staff. But, you know, playing, playing the last season at Glow Black Park and, and coming back to, you know, where I grew up, it's it's really been just tremendous experience for me. And, like, I've had an absolute blast. And uh, the, the the team here has been amazing, and the fans have been incredible, and it's been a good time for me. You know, you're an exceedingly positive person, and I imagine you take that approach into a lot of different things. But you talked about changing your swing. You told us back in the spring even changed the way you ran. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, almost like they're trying to run me out of this league. So you, you adjusted some things. But you had such great success in making the All-Star Game. So when you started having this success, is this kind of what you expected going into this season, or or did you exceed your expectations? I would definitely say I exceeded my expectations. Um, 
you know, I had no idea if it was going to actually impact or, or if I was actually able going to be able to, you know, improve or if it even worked. But I just was like, you know, at the worst case, I'll be studying hitting and I'll learn a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know before. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And that's kind of how I went into it because it was like if I didn't do something, I didn't feel like I was good enough to, you know, I wouldn't want to be out on the field not helping a team win. And that's the, that's the point of being uh, playing Major League Baseball is, is coming out to win. And I'm glad I got to learn all that. And it, it definitely surprised me how well it worked. And I had to make some adjustments different than even everything that was coached to me. I had to find a way to, you know, make it work with myself. Now I have to kind of be like Humpty Dumpty and, uh, you know, put myself back together again, get healthy. Because obviously with changing your swing and um, all the new stuff, I probably wanted to swing a little too much and, and kind of grind myself down a little bit. Well, uh, your manager wants you to come back. We had him on our show the other day, and he said, obviously, you, you got to make decisions for yourself. The organization makes decisions. But he raved about the impact you had. We've yet to find anybody who's interacted with you that didn't absolutely adore you. Uh, so that didn't surprise us. But how do you look at your situation right now? Do you, do you look at next season as, okay, I, I'm looking for an everyday role? Are you, I mean, how are you approaching uh, your, your team search for next year? Um, you know, I take things kind of one, one day at a time and just kind of see what's out there. Obviously, I would love to come back here as well. I feel like uh, there's some really good things happening behind the scenes, uh, a lot of growth. And like I said, this, the staff here is phenomenal. The players are amazing. Uh, and I can foresee, you know, with this young talent, what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, I'm open to, to all options. It's just going to depend what's available. It's also going to depend on how I feel. So, you know, um, a, a not an everyday job, wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of it. Because, you know, as you get older, you kind of got to put on that different hat. And I understand that. Um, you know, I do want to believe that I can play, uh, you know, every day. But I also want to be realistic and uh, be healthy. And if we are in a playoff race, I don't want to be in this situation where I am right now where I can't come in. So uh, hopefully I can learn the lesson from this year and find a way to balance it out. And, you know, I'm open to, to whatever options are out there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'd love to be here as well. So we'll see if they if they have room for me because I know we have a lot of corner outfielders here. How did uh, how did your lovely bride find Arlington in the DFW Metroplex? You know all about it, but she was new to this area, right? She has absolutely loved it, and I like it's been just such a fun time for us. And she loves the area that we're in, and um, there's just so many great things about the DFW area. We're we're actually staying in Dallas. And I, like, literally, it's been just a breath of fresh air and a lot of fun to get to know the city. There's so much activity. There's so much, you know, it's just a, it's a different experience, and, and uh, she's loved it, and we've just had a blast. So you guys are a super fun couple, and everyone knows you guys like games. I guess there's been a lot of talk about board games and things like that. So, uh, Travis Frederick, Cowboy Center, was on our show the other day talking about he loves Dungeons and Dragons. We were just curious. Do, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? I have. Um, I played when I was a kid a little bit, and then I think this last off season because uh, we run Dungeons and Dragons at my coffee shop as well. Uh, we have those at night. Uh, we have a lot of like dungeon masters that that'll run like pickup groups and stuff. Uh, it's I actually like it more as an adult than I did as a kid, and it tells you a lot about yourself when you get into these like role playing Dungeons and Dragons things. Apparently, I like to be a psycho that tortures goblins and tries to get information and does really <laughs> crazy things. But uh, I have a blast with it. 
This is very exciting to me because I played Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, and I remember it and loved it, but I didn't play as an adult, and I was worried that now everybody just plays online. But you're telling me that there's still folks that, you know, break out the charts and roll the dice and do all of it in person. We still have that ele- uh, element going strong? I think it's, like, becoming really popular. Uh, it's actually a really big thing, and there's a lot of people that love it. And uh, like I said, as an adult, I liked it a lot more because it's not too often you're, like, hanging out with friends and everyone has, like, an actual thing going on and uh, are, are just paying attention and creating stories. And so, like, you're using your imagination, you're acting, and there's just, there's just a lot going on that, that creates for a really good time with friends and memories you won't forget. Uh, I definitely... The one day that we played, it was like a one-shot quest or whatever. I still can, like, it just, like, makes me feel good to, to laugh at the, the personalities and uh, how everyone kind of became their character. God, that's great. Hey, the next time we text you, we're going to text you Travis Frederick's information. We're going to make a Dungeons & Dragons love connection and get you guys connected. <laughs> so you guys, is, is that okay with you? Uh, yeah, I would love to have his contact info. That would be really cool. Okay, cool. We'll make that love connection. Uh, and I, don't then, know if he, I don't know if he wants to, you know, like, I don't know how, if he has room in his party. I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things, you know. They don't yes. accept people into their parties that easily. <laughs> That's exactly right. But we told him that we heard a rumor that you played D&D, and he's all about it. So he wants to meet you. He knows all about you, and he's he would love to meet you too. So, But I do want to ask you, mentioned your coffee shop. You guys have coffee shops, and, and, and you can play games there. What, or do you have multiple shops, just one? What, what is going on with that? Right now, we just have one in, in Houston, and it's been open for two years, going on, uh, yeah, going on the second year. This is the second year. And uh, trying to figure out how to get that uh, you know, going properly. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. We absolutely love the place, and there's just some, we have a wonderful staff there, and it's turned into just this awesome hangout spot that uh, you know, the neighborhood really enjoys. And, um, yeah, it's, we have board games. We run gaming uh, like Smash and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter tournaments. We also run Magic the Gathering tournaments and we have Dungeons and Dragons nights and uh, all sorts of creativity stuff going on there. Dude, we need you to open one of those. Are you guys open to doing one of those up here, uh, up in DFW? Absolutely. I mean, we've been uh, we've definitely talked about it, but it took us three years just to open that one with regards to getting permits and all that. Yeah. Uh, but Alexis loves Dallas so much, and uh, you know, if we get to spend more time here. Uh, we definitely would love to open one here. That's that that is a part of the plan. Well, man, we've met a lot of different athletes over the years. Uh, you are you you said breath of fresh air earlier. That's what you are as well to us. Uh, we are not unlike anybody who's run across you. We're huge fans of yours. So hey, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for the time in the spring. Thanks for giving the Rangers a bunch of awesome times out on the field this season. You had a hell of a year, and uh, we're certainly rooting that uh, for you to come back to the Rangers. But thanks again for the time, man. Hey, thank you guys so much, and same to you. You guys are an awesome show. You kick tail, and let's go. Have a good day. Let's, yeah. let's, go. Yeah. let's go. We did yeah. it. We did it. All right. Let's go, Cowboys. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Hunter. There he goes. Hunter Pence. All right. Uh, now joining us on the Ben and Skin Show is the mighty G-Bag Nation. Uh, General, do you have us? Yes, we do. We're live here in McKinney on Tennessee at uh, the Sports Haven. We're handing out uh, G-Bag Nation flags already, and we're here for the McKinney, uh, McKinney uh, Oktoberfest celebration, which is this weekend. It's off and running as well. Man, you guys have there the greatest promo. There are people drinking beer on the streets. Boom. Yeah. You have the greatest promo item of all time in the yeah. G-Bag flags, and today 55 of them went in about a heartbeat out here. So do you guys have a lot of flags with you today? And yeah, then I was listening. Where, where, 
Yeah, where are you guys going? Yeah. How many do you have today, and what's going on with giving them out tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. What do we have, like 100 or so in there? Yeah, we have about 100 flags or so up here. And then tomorrow is the Tour de DFW. We'll be making a giant loop around North Texas, and you can find the full schedule at 105throughthefan.com slash flagtober and meet up with us at about, I don't know, 10 different places. It starts tomorrow morning at uh, Cedar Hill at the Cowboys shop there and then goes to Garland's Cowboys shop. We'll be all through Plano and Frisco and, and Denton and, and Fort Worth before the end of the night. So we'd love to see you out there for – uh, an annual tradition in Flagtober. It's me and Spindle in a limo and boxes of flags. <laughs> love it, love it. CD. Uh, yeah, what's yeah. coming up on the show today? Pure gold, Ben. Thanks so much for asking. You know, we're just looking forward to taking the broadcast baton from you guys and talking to a bunch of Cowboys. Coming up at 2.20, Jeff's film room keys to a Cowboys victory. Then the G-bag of the day. We got all kinds of amazing Cowboys content. Did you know the Cowboys might be the original kings of the NFL tank? We'll talk about that at 3 o'clock. Oh, very nice. All right, the G-bag nation is coming up next. Uh, They have G-bag flags with them. And one more time, where are you guys? Sports Haven and McKinney. Bam! Sports Haven and McKinney. We've been there. That's right in downtown McKinney. Oh, yeah, McKinney. it's a great so spot. Out there. Huge Tolos. Awesome spot there, downtown yeah. McKinney, Sports Haven. I uh, want to say thanks to everyone who's been a part of this one. Uh, thank you to Joan and Payroll, Ted Nichols paying the Vielmas at the front desk. Thank you to Myra for being out here. Thank you to Samir and the boys downstairs. Those guys are always whipping up an incredible Mexican feast every Flagtober, Ben. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.